Robins on the Wire, a Bristol Post podcast with Michelle Owen and Bristol City reporter Gregor McGregor. Before we start this week's podcast, a big thank you to ELM Legal Services, who are based in Bristol and provide will writing and estate planning services across the UK. You can get a standard single will for £99. If you'd like to get in touch, call them 0800 019 4557. Hello and welcome to Robins on the Wire with myself, Michelle Owen, and Gregor McGregor. And by the wonders of modern technology tonight, we have joined up with each other. I'm in Leeds, having just covered Leeds United thrash Preston North End 3-0. Gregor is at the Hawthorns, where he's just witnessed the Robins unfortunately lose 4-2 to West Bromwich Albion. Now, of course, we'll be talking about that result tonight... Very disappointing for Bristol City. Gregor was there. He'll tell us what happened. Also, we'll talk about Saturday. Uh, they were they were so good to get that result. What happened between Saturday and this West Brom game? And who are the best wingers? This seems to be a point for debate. I know there's been some comments on social media tonight about Nicholas Elias. At the time of recording, this is Tuesday evening, talking about his crossing. I know that Gregor has got something to say about that. But who are the best wingers? It's a nice problem to have, but we need the wingers, I guess, firing for the forwards to convert these chances. And, of course, in just a few days' time, what a busy schedule it is for Bristol City at the moment. They play Wigan on Friday night, underneath the lights, at Wigan, on the telly, lots to discuss. And also, we have a special guest on the podcast this week, who you will hear from towards the end of our recording. That is Danny Higginbottom, who Gregor has been chatting to. So, Gregor, let's get started. Hello to you at the Hawthorns from Leeds. Um, yeah, let's talk about tonight. The Robins were 3-0 down, but it looked like they had a lot of the ball, Talk us through what happened and talk us through tonight. This was a real end-to-end pulsating game. And Bristol City certainly had their chances as well. And they actually started the game really well, as you probably expect, because they were the coming into the game, they were the most informed team in the league on those four with those four wins in a row. And they had a couple of chances early on, probably had the better of the first five, ten minutes. And then they got caught. And Lloyd Kelly, Lloyd Kelly got caught in possession. It was a great ball from Livermore and basically Adam Webster was tricked into sliding in and giving away a penalty on Dwight Gale. And Jay Rodriguez made no mistake from the spot. And then um, after that, there was some brilliant counter-attacking from the Baggies. Harvey Barnes was just putting a brilliant performance. He set up two goals. He scored the, the vital fourth one for the Baggies and... Sometimes you've got to hold your hands up and say, yeah, they were good. And this game kind of reminded me of the Blackburn game. If you switch it around in terms of Bristol City, were like Blackburn were the other week when they came to Ashton Gate, they they went for it in the second half and you're going to get caught at times on the break and that's what happened. But despite all that, there were positives and you probably do have to take into account that this West Brom team have got some quality. They've got four players with full senior England caps, which is obviously a lot more than the Bristol City side. There's, Matt Phillips is arguably one of the best attackers in the division. He plays for Scotland, um, Hagazi for Egypt. So, yeah, there's plenty of quality in their side and it came together for them. I'm not sure why it didn't um, up at Birmingham for them, but 
Whereas Bristol City have got essentially a new back five, plenty of new players in there this season. And I agree with Lee Johnson when he says that this team is sort of coming together. I'm not sure that that will wash for ever so long. But certainly at the moment, yeah, the Bristol City side is coming together. And they've had a great start to the season. And I don't think they'll lose too much heart from this performance last night. And as I say, there were positives. Nicholas Eliasson, I thought, was great off the bench. Famer Jeju, fantastic finish and off the bench. And a couple of other players didn't do too badly either. OK, so those were Gregor's thoughts on the game tonight. We can hear from the manager now, Lee Johnson. You have to give credit to West Brom, first and foremost. I thought they were too slick in the transition for us. But naturally, I'm biased and I have to look at uh, what we did well and what we didn't do well. I thought uh, I didn't feel personally that it was a it was a game really that we deserved to be sort of three uh, 0 down in. I thought we had two two very good chances early doors, a good start, um, but a quality counter attack and, and some poor defending really cost us, um, which sometimes happens against the quality of opposition that you're coming up against. Um, and really, that was that my gripe with my team was that we didn't do the basics well enough in moments that were key but I also thought there was some excellent play I thought we finished the game stronger I thought uh, we created a lot of chances I thought we, we got through them um, at times pretty well and, and got ourselves into areas where we could go and be effective I thought we should have had a penalty with Andy Vyman um, and that maybe would have give us like eight or nine minutes to go and get the equaliser near the end he was dragged down as the cross came in being held from very early in the move um, and they're the little things that you need to go for you um, and, and not not enough went for us today due to us not performing the basics well enough and uh, that's, that's my gripe I've got with the team that's where we need to improve on, on this day uh, today but saying that we've had three clean sheets in four so is it an off day is it the opposition's quality um, difficult to say Saturday was a different game, though. Bristol City playing that 3-5-2 formation to start with. When I spoke to Lee Johnson after the game, he did say that was to nullify the opposition. What do you make of those comments and what did you think of Saturday's win against Sheffield United? Well, the way I see it is that on Saturday, it was almost a game of two different junctures, two different parts of the game because for the first hour I thought both sides cancelled each other out. Sheffield United had a few chances through David McGoldrick. Maybe should have scored and maybe would have scored if they'd had Leon Clark fit. Um, but they didn't and um, yeah the Robins kind of rode their luck had a chance of had a few chances themselves and it wasn't until Lee Johnson changed the system to 4-4-2 and I and I really credit the head coach. I've said this plenty of times since then that I thought he got his tactics spot on and he was the man of the match for me in terms of the way he changed it around last Saturday. And I really thought he was smart in doing that and when he brought on O'Dowd and Watkins, they, they really made the difference, didn't they? And they those two guys combined for the, for the only goal of the game. Great cross from O'Dowder, just like his one in midweek for Ireland. Um, and a good finish from Marley Watkins and I was very tempted actually after the game or, or, or just after he'd scored to tweet and say, ha, you know what, I told you so there, kind of 
without being too smug about it, <laughs> is um, that I think this is what you get from Watkins. He's, he's a, he can finish, he can score goals, he's, he's got pedigree, he's done that before. A couple of seasons ago, he was outstanding at Barnsley and after the game, Lee Johnson was telling us in the, pre, in the post-match press conference that he knows what he's going to get from Miley Watkins. He, he signed him for Barnsley, he brought him in from Inverness, he'd been up there and um, spoken to him up there and found him a little bit worse for wear, actually. Um, Johnson was saying after um, Watkins had won a cup up in Scotland and brought him down to the Championship and he knows what he's going to get from him and that's going to be good finishing. And it won't be all the time, but he should supply something like six to ten goals, the head coach said, and I would have thought it would be something around that. And those goals could be crucial. They could settle games and and help City win. And you need your goals coming from various sources. And, um, yeah, regular midfield goal scorer is something that Bristol City did lack last season, really. Patterson got five, didn't he? But I think they need a bit more than that. So hopefully Watkins is, is going to provide that. And hopefully Patterson, Eliasson and Brownhill will all chip in. I think they all have done so far, apart from Nick. But he's provided plenty of assists. So, yeah, there's plenty there to build on. And... Um, I think we'll see. I think we'll see Bristol City recapture that form, and you're just going to have to accept that there are some times away from home, especially where there are good quality sides in the Championship, and every team, even Wolves last season, look at them. They spent so much money or brought in so much quality, yet they still lost the occasional game away from home, didn't they? So that's going to be the case, and Bristol City have got to build from there. But just one final point on how basically City recover from this result. Um, I spoke to Gary Johnson before the game tonight and that's for um, a special article going into um, the Bristol Post and I was asking Gary basically on how he's doing at Torquay first of all and he, yeah, he's, he's enjoying that challenge down there and he got off to a good start at the weekend but I also asked him obviously about his thoughts on Lee and Bristol City and he said to me that he thinks Lee is looking really kind of relaxed at the moment and really enjoying his time at Ashton Gate at the moment, which is great to hear. And he was saying that he kind of hoped, well, he obviously hoped that Lee would be able to match his five wins in a row from 2009, but that hasn't happened tonight. But he said that if Bristol City did lose, then the key was going to be how quickly or how they reacted and whether they can obviously get back on the winning trail straight away themselves and and basically re- respond positively, and that's the key. And we're going to see that in the next couple of days, um, whether that's the case or not. So, Gregor, a big thing this season is, is talking about wingers. I know there's been lots of comments on social media tonight about wingers, about who's the best option. Uh, t- tell us what you think and what you've seen. Just been reading, actually, a comment on Twitter from a Bristol City fan saying that he didn't think Nicholas Eliasson's crossing was very good tonight. I think that's crazy. I completely disagree. I thought... He looked a real threat when once he came on. I thought, I thought that was a really good change actually, and changed the dynamics of the game for Bristol City. Jeju, great goal and was a threat as we said. And yeah, Eliasson, his, his footwork just seems to be getting quicker and quicker. And at one point, he just had Livermore as if it, as if it, the West Brom midfielder was like dancing on ice. His his legs and his body were going different directions. Couldn't cope up with the lightning quick footwork of. Eliasson and yeah I thought his crossing was superb he obviously set up the goal for Lloyd Kelly to touch in I thought Jamie Patterson should have maybe scored from another Eliasson cross 
and there were several like that um, in that second half and the Robins could easily have got something else there. So, um, yeah, I'm not sure where that City fan's coming from, if I'm honest. In terms of the best win wingers, then, yeah, I think Eliason's been absolutely outstanding this season. I would have him in there. And I, I've, I've backed Marley Watkins, so I'm not going to change that. I think his goals are a good counterpoint to um, Eliason's crossing. Got assists on one side, goals from the other. And O'Dowder, he can come into it. We've seen him start to hit some form if he continues to do that. And it's what you want, competition for places. Same with Jamie Patterson, don't forget about him. These guys have got to really fight for their shirt and show that they deserve to be in the team. That's what you want. That's what Lee Johnson will want. And, um, yeah, if, Odo, if Odalda does that and then he'll come back into the side, and I haven't seen enough of that so far from him this season, so he'd be the bench option at the moment. And maybe Pato hasn't quite done enough to keep, to keep his position in the team either. So those guys have got work to do, but they'll get their chances. It's a long old season. So, um, and if they do the business, they'll stay on the side. Okay, so obviously they need to put this result against West Brom to bed straight away because I believe Bristol City are heading up to Manchester to train this week before going to Wigan on Friday evening. Wigan have been picking up results. It's not going to be an easy task. Can they get a result there? Can they get a result on Friday? Yeah, of course they can. And Lee Johnson has, was saying in his post-match press conference tonight that the key for him is the morale in the squad. He doesn't want them to be sulking. He was saying he doesn't want them to be low on morale and spirits not to be high. So he's going to have a bit of a job there himself to um, keep keep everything going well in the in the camp. They're obviously on this four-day road trip that they've mentioned. They're staying in the northwest. In fact, they're heading up to Manchester, I believe, and lead, um, assistant head coach Dean Holden was explaining that they're going to be using the cliff training Ground, which is Manchester United's old training um, ground, where um, I think the Manchester United ladies' side now use there. But Bristol City are going to be using there later this week. And, um, yeah, the, the, the coaching staff have got their work cut out to obviously make sure that the Robins bounce back. And, listen, it's going to be tough going to Wigan. Um, a lot of people might look at that fixture and think, yeah, we've got a chance here, but Wigan is going to be really tough. They... Obviously, they had a good win themselves tonight against Hull. And they've got several good attackers in form. I think Will Griggs got another assist tonight and Nick Powell is quality. James Vaughan played it last weekend when they were beaten by Brentford. And um, Paul Cook's doing a really good job there. And yeah, the Latics are, are, are a good side and they're going to be really tough to break down on their home patch playing that 4-2-3-1 system that a lot of sides play in and it'll be up to um, the Robins to do that but I think they can get something up there and if even a point might be a decent result um, the one problem that City have got is that in midfield they may be short of a player now with Corey out and I would have thought that they'll probably rotate one of Pack or Brownhill um, at least or, or maybe go with them but then look to bring in Liam Walsh for some minutes give him his chance um, and they'll probably obviously look to bring back in Jeju from the beginning maybe even give Jamie Patterson some minutes to freshen up the side recall Nicholas Eliasson and this is the good thing about the squad they've got strength all over OK so could could be some rotation 
who do you think then will start up top by the sounds of it? You think Gigi? You, you don't think Matty Taylor then? He, he kind of had a mixed game tonight. Maybe he didn't hold the ball up as well as he as he could have done. Had a couple of chances early on and it wasn't his night. But um, he always works so hard for the side and I'm sure we're going to see a lot more of him across the season. And yeah, he's going to have to do a bit better if he wants to push out either Wyman or sorry, Weiman or, or Jeju from a starting spot. But I think he has got that in him. So um, we'll see how he does. Well, looking forward to watching this one. Uh, it's live on the telly if you can't make that long trip up to Wigan on Friday evening. Now, a man who I think is a fantastic pundit. Maybe you've seen him on Sky Sports. His analysis is really, really interesting. He's somewhere, someone that Gregor and I uh, both know to chat to, a lovely man, but also knows his stuff. I'm talking about Danny Higginbottom, and here is what happened when Gregor caught up with Danny. Yeah, just going to ask you, what, what stood out for you so far this championship season, which either teams or players can be anything, really? Oh, I think um, it's, it's been really exciting. It's been it's been such a fascinating start. I think the one thing I love about the championship is that there's um, there's no respect given in the nicest possible sense from from any team. And I think every team when they're going into games go to try and win the game. And I think that makes it exciting. But and I think Leeds they've been absolutely brilliant. I think Bielsa has gone in there. The, the way that the players have um, adjusted um, to what he wants. The, uh, the style that he wants and how quickly he's done that has been incredible and you know you only have to look at the recent game against Preston Roof out injured Bamford out injured and you know Roberts who they got him from West Brom he scored two goals so the players are taking in everything really quickly at, at Leeds um, I think Frank Lampard at Derby obviously the pressure is on is on them because of the size of the club and obviously Frank Lampard going in and Okay, you know, the last couple of results, they had a, a draw last night and got beat by Robin, but, you know, he's got them playing some good stuff. You're impressed by Leeds so far, so many other teams that are up there, and uh, basically, what, what did you think of Bristol City last season and, and this really? Have they surprised you at all? Um, yeah, I think so. I think you've got to give great credit to, to Lee Johnson. They had a great season last year, um, you know, and they had a, had a fantastic club run, which was, which was great publicity for the, for the football club as well. It is a big club with so much potential, and then I suppose along with the, the publicity and, and being in the limelight comes comes the spotlight on, on players and you know Bobby Reed who you know you gotta give credit to Lee Johnson, he transformed him into a centre forward. Um and obviously, you know, Joe Bryan and and Aidan Flint as well. So when you lose them players, you know, you would imagine it's gonna have a, a big knock on effect. But full credit to, to Johnson, you know, he's he looks around, he's brought certain other players in that he thought could replace them and you know, to lose three players like that but still have the start of the match of the season, that's you know, that's full credit to, to Lee Johnson and everybody involved with the football club. Great stuff, great stuff and uh, yeah, just um on the championship in general, who's your um, mm. any tips at the moment for promotion? There's so many teams that have the strengths, you know. I think if you look at Leeds, I find them fascinating the way that they play, the way that the, the players have taken to what the manager wants and how the manager's got his, his point of view across. They've lost Roof and, and obviously Bamford injuries, but now Roberts has come in. Hernandez isn't playing at the moment. Big players for them, but, you know, they seem to be dealing without them. I think Middlesbrough, obviously, with Tony Pulis, I know him well. Uh, defensively, they're always going to be strong as well, so they don't need they don't need a huge amount of goals to... To, to win a 
game. Um, you just don't know with Villa. You know, could they go on a run? You've got Stoke City. Um, who'll be hoping that they can put a run together. Um, I'm trying to think. The, 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 the list goes on, really. I think there's, there's, a, there's a number of teams, you know, that will, that will believe that they can be up there, you know. I think the teams as well that have come up from from, the, from League One, you look at Wigan, they've had a fantastic start. Blackburn, you know, they're doing well as well. Um, so there is, there's, a, there's, a, there's a number of teams, Sheffield United as well. There's a number of teams there that, that, that will believe that they can be there or thereabouts. And that's why the Championship is so fascinating. And there's always one team that comes from nowhere and creates a lot of problems for teams as the season goes on. So it's just so exciting and you can never really take your eyes off it because very rarely do you have, you know, your you, you playoff positions and your automatic positions all all nailed on within what, within two or three weeks at the end of the season. So, you know, there's always something to play for at the top and the bottom. Danny, you've said you've spoken to Lee Johnson before. What, what are your thoughts on the uh, head coach at Ashton Gate? Do you, do you rate him? Do you think he can go quite far? Yes. Yeah, I do. I think he's very forward-thinking. I think that he looks at the, the minute detail, which I think is so important now in the modern game where everybody's trying to exhaust different avenues to try and get extra percentage from, from themselves and from the players. And I think you only have to go back to... So not long ago when they played against Sheffield United at home, you know, he doesn't usually play a back three, but he went and played a back three to, to basically match up with, with Sheffield United and it worked in their favour. And I think one of the things that he does as well, he looks at the opposition and tries to take their strengths and make it a weakness. Uh, he's very forward thinking and I think you do find that with a, with a lot of the younger coaches, stroke managers now as well, because you know, they, they've, they've not long finished if that makes sense and they, they see the game as a lot of players do see so there's that connection there as well and he's not afraid to bring through younger players as well and take a gamble on bringing players in as well and you know you've got to give them credit for that and he's having a fantastic time at Bristol City where I think obviously you know a year or so ago a year and a half ago people were actually questioning him at the football club well you know it was the correct decision for him to remain at the football club because he's done a, he's done it and he's doing a fantastic job just finally, Danny, because you, you study like, the tactics a bit and do some great analysis on Sky Sports. Just wondered, do you think team, teams can go up and get promoted from playing attacking football all the time? Or do you think at other times maybe they, they have to rein it in a little bit um, and maybe adapt to the opposition or, or whether, you can, whether you can just basically play your own way up, up there all the time? Um, what do you mean for get promotion? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it, it's. I think, I think more often than not, I'm not saying it happens all the time, but a lot of the time when teams are promoted, you tend to see, you know, the goal scorer within the team, you know, a player that's, that's getting you between 18 and 20 goals. I'm not saying that that's happening all the time, but the majority of time it does. Um, but it all depends on the type of manager that you are. Tony Pulis can play good football, can get goals as well, but, you know, he's, he's in a position where he can, he can set himself up so he doesn't have to have that pressure of having to score three or four goals which I think is a is, is a big thing so I think it's more important the biggest thing from, from my perspective is is the gap between the Championship and the Premier League is now getting smaller um, not not about the top teams in the Premier League but, but your bottom six or seven in the Premier League you know your top six are a match for him in the Championship now and it was shown last season with, with all three teams staying up in um the way that they did Brighton, Newcastle 
and Huddersfield. So, you know, the, the gap is getting smaller there. So I think it's all about if and when teams get promoted, not, not drifting too far away from what got them there. Fantastic. Thanks, Gregor. Thanks, Danny. Great to get Danny Higginbottom's thoughts. He's a great analysis and well worth watching some of his stuff if you haven't seen it on Sky as well. Just gets into real in-depth analysis on players. Interesting to hear him talk there. Well, that's what we've got time for this week. Next week, we'll be discussing the new proposed redevelopment of Ashton Gate, which looks massive and does look like it's going to affect Bristol sport immensely, namely the Bristol Flyers, who are set to have a permanent home in this redevelopment work at Ashton Gate. Of course, it's the home of Bristol Bears, the rugby side as well. But also for Bristol City, it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be what they're calling a sporting quarter. We'll get into that next week. We'll also look back on the Wigan game and reflect on what has been a huge week for Bristol City. Three games in a week. What did they learn from it? What did they take from it? More on that next week with myself and Gregor. If you're listening on iTunes, please rate and review us. Thanks for listening. This podcast was sponsored by ELM Legal Services based in Bristol who provide will writing and estate planning services across the UK. A standard single will is £99. You can call them on 0800 019 4557. Robins on the Wire.